from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Jade Washaw, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Sean is in Fort Lauderdale. Hi, Sean. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. What's going on, Dave? How are you doing today, sir? Better than I deserve. What's up? Um, so, quick question, I guess. Um, about $14,000 in school debt. I am $38,000 in car debt. Mm. Um, I make about $50,000 a year. Um, I'm 10% owner of my business with the ability to stake up to 30% um, once I reach you know goals of $250,000 um, on a yearly basis. Um and I have about $3,500 in credit card debt. Um, my bills exceed about half of my um, monthly earnings. What is your monthly well, earnings? About pre-tax, it's forty-one ninety, I think. Mm-hmm. So you're taking and home, you're taking home three bills. grand. Yeah. Okay. And then my bills are about twenty-seven hundred, mm-hmm. including a seven hundred dollar car payment. Now I would Ooh-wee. like. Yeah, I would immediately sell my car. Um, the problem is I got into a car accident about four months into having the car. Mm-hmm. Um, and the motorist who was at fault in the accident um, had uninsured, uh, was an uninsured motorist. So I didn't have uninsured motorist on my insurance Shoot. either. And yeah, I exceeded about, I think it was $26,000 in damage. Um, so yeah, um kind of in a rut here um, your collision I, I should spend, cover it even if they are uninsured it did it did it did um so why your car I fixed had, no the car is fixed I'm, I'm now driving it again um it's it's all good now but it took about two months to repair and i needed to get to work at the time what's that so got to do with you selling it you need to get to work and you did what so i needed to get to work at the time and i started renting a vehicle while i didn't have my car while i was getting um fixed Okay, but you still right now you still have a thirty-eight thousand dollars car debt. What's the car worth today? It's fixed. You're driving it. What's it worth? About twenty-nine, I'd say. Who said? Kelly Blue Book. For private sale or trade-in? Private sale. Okay, so you're nine in the hole. And how old are you? I am twenty-five. Okay. All right. Well, now, I, I had a job prior to this where I, I was spending probably a little more than my means. I was making about $100,000 a year. Um, and then the company sold and ma- major layoffs. Um, so I, I am a business owner. It's just, um, you know, business just started. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And so what's your question? How can we best serve you? Just trying to get out of this. I mean, my mom's always told me I got uh, hands that just money flows through, you know. So I'm mm-hmm. um, just... Just start listening to your podcast, and I think hearing it from you might might really help. So you're brand new to the Ramsey stuff? I am. Okay, that's cool. All right. Well, um, the good news is your hands are not a DNA issue. Your hands are money flowing through as a choice. Agreed? Right. Yeah. It's not like it's a curse. It's just no. that's how you've chosen to do it. Um, and I don't want your mom speaking anything negative like that over you again. Tell her to quit doing that. Okay. <laughs> no, it's all in, you know. I, I know it's all in good fun, but even joking, yeah. you kind of owned it. Mm-hmm. And I want you to yeah. own, I am a responsible 
extremely sharp 25 year old guy that recently made a hundred grand and soon will again, um, that used to make mistakes with money and I don't make those mistakes anymore. That sounds more like the guy I know. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, and cause that is actually who I'm talking to. You're calling me on a radio show in front of a whole bunch of other people, put bearing your soul, um, taking a great risk in order to figure out how to fix something that you don't know how to fix. I think that's pretty courageous. Yes, sir. I appreciate that. So for me, my two cents in this whole thing is, you know, I'm always going back to the baby steps and I know that right now you're making $50,000 a year. I'm always looking for a way to increase my income. If I'm you, is there something else that you can do on the side? I know you're a business owner. I know you've got a lot on your plate. Is there something else you can do to bring some more money in? I was thinking about getting a second job at maybe a bar or something where I can, you know, go make a good amount of money. I mean, I know some people in the business who would take me in with open arms. Um, It's just, I don't want to exceed my ability to be able to run the business as an operator. Um, I don't don't want to impact my day to day. Well, you know, getting no sleep or something in there. There there is part of this that you're going to have to embrace that you're going to go through a season of difficulty. And that difficulty does look like long nights, being tired, working your your fingers to the bone. Like there is going to be a season of that. And I think that's part of you just embracing it. Here's the thing. It's not long-term, it's short-term, okay. right? So I do think that your idea of looking into that, I would just go ahead and move forward with that, assuming that the return on that time is going to be worth it. How much do you think you could make? Um, I had one of the girls who worked there tell me they made... 700 in a night. I mean, I'd probably say average 400 a night, That's 500 a night. Yeah, so you can make almost as much doing that at yeah. night as you're making during the day right now. Right, right, yeah. of course. And so that solves a lot of problems right there. And again, it's a temporary thing. This is all to clean up the mess. Because if you had zero payments right now, your mm-hmm. life would be completely different. Agreed? Absolutely. That's where we want to take you to. And so we're going to, we're going to put you on the, we're going to put you on the every dollar budget. It's an app that we have the world's best budgeting app. I'm going to give it to you free. I'm going to put you in our class. It's called financial peace university. I'm going to give that to you for free Mm -hmm. because I've been 25 and scared. I remember how it feels. And I, I, and I used to have uh, money running through my fingers too. Mm -hmm. I know exactly how that out of control feels and you wake up with a financial hangover which is worse than a real one yeah and um so yeah that i don't want you having that anymore i want this to get this out of your life so here's the deal we're going to put you into all of that if and, and i want you to start immediately paying down cutting up the credit cards get debit cards don't spend money you don't have and, and begin to tear through these first two debts the credit cards and the student loan what's your student loan payment um, it's about 170 a month. Yeah. Is that as low as you can get it for That's now? As low as I can get it. Yeah. I mean, I can definitely try and, and you know, give them a call and see if I can decrease that. But um, it's, a, it's a temporary yeah. thing because really what we want is $14,000 to make the whole thing go away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All yeah. Right? And so here's the deal. Let's add, if you add $4,000 to this equation, credit cards are gone in one month. Four yeah. more months, the student loans are gone. Yeah. Right? Definitely. You do the math with me yeah. there? Yes. That's pretty amazing. That's why. So Jade's Jade's telling you the secret sauce, baby. It's you, okay. And then we're going to tear into this. And if you are not up back up to a hundred thousand dollars a year in your current job by March, you do need to sell this car. It's too expensive. 
you're making a hundred, you can keep it, but you got to pay it off ASAP. You should be a hundred percent debt free in your world in a year from today if you'll follow the stuff we teach. And that involves selling the car if you don't get your income up. But if you do get your income up, you'll be able to pay it off and still keep it all within a year. Hang on, we'll get you signed up for every dollar. Hey guys, it's Rachel Cruz here to tell you about a faith-based alternative to health insurance that can make healthcare more affordable, Christian Healthcare Ministries. CHM allows members to share each other's healthcare costs and it's as easy as one, two, three. Step one, choose the healthcare provider you want. Step two, submit your eligible bills. And step three, get reimbursed. CHM members take care of your eligible medical bills. With no network and the freedom to choose your healthcare provider, CHM is the best option for Christians who want to take care of their families and help other believers. Find out more at chministries.org budget. That's chministries.org budget. Jade Washall, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Angela is in Washington, D.C. Angela, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave, and hi, Jade. How are you doing today? Doing Better than we deserve. What's up? So I am a 37-year-old single female, um, and I have found myself in a little bit of, um, well, a whole lot of debt. Um, I have two whole life insurance policies, um, that I would like to cash out or surrender the policies. They total about $11,000. Um, my question is the cash value is 11 or the face, the cash value is 11,000. What's the face? What's it pay? If you die, the face, um, the face value for both of these policies, um, is about $200,000. Okay. All right. And you're paying monthly on them. Yes. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Um, and about four years ago, I was diagnosed with cancer and at this current point in time, I'm uninsurable. So I was thinking about cashing them, surrendering the policies for $11,000 so I can start baby step two and, you know, create an aggressive plan, a snowball method to pay off my debt. Should I keep these policies considering of, of my illness or, um, should I surrender them and start my debt, my debt repayment? What's your income? Um, I make about $140,000 a year. This includes a twenty-year $1,000 from a rental property. And how much debt I'm do renting you have? out my basement. How much debt do you have? Um, right now, I'm probably at about mm, 240000 What kind of debt? Um, 128 student loans, about $45,000 in credit card debt. I have a $30,000 left for a home renovation loan, and I have a $30,000 car loan. Okay. And what's your, uh, with the cancer? How are you doing? How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good now. Um, some of this debt is contributed to that, just kind of, you know, paying mm-hmm. medical bills. Um, I was okay, in a, I, more, I, a higher. I'm, I'm not a medical expert, but are you in remission? Are you okay? Or are you still in the middle of fighting oh, it and you're doing good? Or mm-hmm. what's going on? No, I'm doing. I'm doing good. You're so in remission. I'm on just maintenance. I'm in complete remission, and I'm okay, on maintenance good. therapy. Okay, great, great. Uh, what kind of cancer did you have? Just it was breast cancer. Okay, all right. And so it is in the rearview mirror right now. How long have have you been uh, cancer free? 
um, since about 2021. Okay. Two years. Okay. All right. All right. I'm thinking more like an insurance person than a uh, medical person right now. That's what I'm trying to do because I, I don't, I mean, I know very little about this except just having been around it as a human being, but I'm not a medical person. You follow me? So, um, mm-hmm. but the experience that um, I've had, I mean, I have uh, two or three ladies, ladies almost within eyesight of me right now that are on our team that have been through that and are a couple of years the other side of it and are doing fine. Um, and the prognosis is excellent for them. Um, but you're right. They're not, they're not insurable for life insurance today. Uh, but in terms of their life, their life looks really good. You follow me? Yes. And that's, uh, I'm just judging it based on that. I'm not, again, it's not a medical diagnosis. I don't know anything about that, but I do know you can't get life insurance. I do agree with that today. So, uh, you're single. Do you have any children? No, not at this so, so you have no dependents. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that affects no. this because mm-hmm. I'm very hesitant to have someone who's uninsurable cancel insurance because mm-hmm. you can't get it okay. right now. And if you even have a scare, let's say you go three or four years and then you have a scare, you're not going to get it for another three or four years. So you might end up going a decade if, if with no hiccups, maybe three or four more years, you'll be getting it. Right. But, um, but if mm-hmm. you had a minor uh, hiccup it could be a decade without it and your life could change a lot at 37 in one decade you follow me all right so i'm always yeah, hesitant to lose something that you can never get back and that's mm-hmm. this insurance you you can't get it back anytime soon um the good news well, is i also go ahead i also have a term um oh great policy it's it's term 80 it has a face value uh, a death benefit right now of one hundred and fifty thousand dollars Okay, that's extra information that's very helpful. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yes, cancel your and whole I, life. Cancel your whole I life. I have a long-term long-term disability policy and a long-term care policy, yeah. and I had all of these policies before I was diagnosed. diagnosed. Good. Okay. Okay. Yes, I would cancel your whole life if I were you. Okay. Because you here's the thing, no one is counting on your income if you were to pass away. So $150,000 cleans up takes care of your funeral and cleans up the vast majority of your debts Mm -hmm. and the sale of your house cleans up the rest of them. Agreed. Right. So your mom, dad, brother, sister, somebody cleans up your estate and you've got the money to do every bit of that. And, um, there's no burden left to anyone. There's no one that was left counting on your income that doesn't have it like a child left behind that kind of a thing, which is the primary use of life insurance mm-hmm. is to make sure the family's okay. So given all of that and that you have this 150 in term in place, um, and, uh, three years from now you get married and have kids and you get some life insurance to just, you know, to cover a family situation and you've had then five or six years in remission, you're become insurable, uh, most likely at that point, then yeah, then you've got a fine plan. You see what I'm doing? Yes. And that's yes. that. I'm just trying to kind of anticipate, but the $11,000 doesn't fix your debt mess. You got to go fix that with your $140,000 income, right? And you got to, you got to start really cleaning that up. Uh, and you have to get very, very serious about living on beans and rice, rice and beans, but getting rid of the stinking payment. Cause this whole life payment is what? 500 bucks, 400 bucks. All of my life insurance policies, premiums, um, I pay $508 a month for everything. Yeah. But how much of that's the term 90, 
the the term insurance is eighty eight dollars a year. Uh, my whole life is about two thousand dollars a year. Mm. Yeah, so we're saving two thousand dollars a year. That's what I'm more concerned mm-hmm. about than the eight thousand. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so are the eleven thousand. The eleven thousand dollars. Yeah, you can pay off some of the debt. Um, start cleaning up. Uh, you know, the car, the renovate. Whether you keep the car or not, I don't know all that. But yeah, it, the answer to your question is yes. I would. You drop. You got a whole picture here. We're looking at that tell you to drop this. But the number of times in thirty years on the air, I have told someone who's uninsurable to drop a life insurance policy, even as much as I hate whole life, is very, very low. Right. Almost never. Well, yeah, because what are you going to replace it with? You're, Nothing. You're, you're you're in a mess, and I almost never would tell you to do that. I hate whole life life insurance. It's a piece of crap of a product. But in your mm-hmm. case, we're saving you two thousand bucks a year yeah. plus putting eleven thousand dollars in your pocket for something that you don't even really need. Yeah. Yeah. In you our know? case, no. And uh, so the uninsurable just adds drama to the question well luckily she had the term policy in place if yeah, she didn't everything if she didn't she had two whole lives worth two hundred thousand. would might, you have advised her to keep both of them or let go of one i might have let go of one i, might, I, I, I would have parsed them out and yeah. figured out which was which and that i'm afraid the term insurance is probably expensive that's why i guess i guess mm-hmm. accurately on the price mm-hmm. because she bought it from a whole life company mm-hmm. when you buy li- term from a whole life company they jack the term price up to try to show you that there's not much difference between the two and you end up paying more than if you went to xander insurance and shopped among a bazillion companies and got the best possible deal uh so you know if you go to a whole life company and buy term insurance expect to pay 25 to 50 percent more so uh, for nothing for nothing absolutely nothing except mar- their marketing plan so um but that the whole the whole industry is just wicked yeah. the term insurance is the only way to go 15 to 20 year level term about 10 to 12 times your income go to xanderinsurance.com they'll shop about a, a handful of different companies a bazillion companies to get you the best possible deal and um you know you're going to be in great shape then and you're going to kick everybody's butt in the marketplace if you're insurable she doesn't have that option mm-hmm. yeah so good question thank you for calling in and i'm glad you're doing okay me too this is the ramsey show hey listen up when we invest most of us have no idea where our money is going but the reality is your investments could be funding social and cultural causes that you would never choose to support with timothy plan you can avoid putting your hard-earned money into things you don't approve of and invest in companies that line up with your values. With Timothy Plan's pro-life, pro-family filter, you can invest with moral responsibility while going after competitive returns. So while it's still true that you can't serve God and money, you can make your money serve your values. Contact your financial advisor today to see if Timothy Plan is right for you. Visit timothyplan.com for more information. Investing includes risk, including possible loss of principal. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's investment objective, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at timothyplan.com. Read carefully before investing. Mutual funds distributed by Timothy Partners, LTD, and ETFs distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LSE. Jade Washaw, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. So when I started teaching this information 35 years ago, I had discovered common sense, God's and grandma's ways of handling money. After I went broke, when I went broke, I was making a couple of hundred thousand dollars a year, and I had a net worth of a million dollars in real estate, 
and I have all the letters and licenses after my name and all the academic bull crap that says I'm supposed to know something about money, and I went broke. So obviously something I learned with the academic bull crap was just that, bull crap. <laughs> now, obviously some of it was right. But I learned from old people that had money and from basic common sense things in the Bible that you have to live on less than you make. You have to live on a budget, a written plan. No one goes to success accidentally. You have to get out of debt and stay out of debt. Your most powerful wealth-building tool is your income. You have to save and invest and discover the eighth wonder of the world, Einstein called it, compound interest. And you have to be outrageously generous. These are five components that are principles of life that are ancient and they are proven. Then the next thing I had to figure out, and it took me a few years, was in how do I apply them in the real world? Well, I'm going to cut up my credit cards. I'm going to get on a budget. I'm going to not borrow money for a car. What do I do if I'm in debt? Well, we're going to use the debt snowball and get out of debt. Oh, I've got to have an emergency fund. Do I do that before a retirement plan? Oh, I've got to save for my kid's college. Oh, wait, we need to pay off the house. Oh, my goodness, where do we start? Which of these comes first? I don't know what to do. So we took the five principles and I put them into a process a proven plan, a path that we nicknamed the baby steps. Now, the baby steps are not ancient. Well, they're 30 years old, but they're not ancient like ancient wisdom from Proverbs, okay? But the principles that I talked about, the five things are all woven into the baby steps, and it gives you an order of attack. Mm -hmm. And we've taught people that the first thing you do, save $1,000, a little starter emergency fund. It's not enough, but it's just for now. The second thing you do, baby step two, is you pay off all your debts except your house with great focused intensity. You live on nothing, and you list your debts smallest to largest and attack them in that order. Then when you're out of debt, everything but the house, boom, you're in the top 10% of Americans right then. And then we're going to go ahead and finish the emergency fund at three to six months of expenses. Then we can let off the gas and let the intensity go down and let it change to intentionality, and we simultaneously do baby steps four, five, and six. Save for 15% for retirement, save for kids' college, and start paying off the house six. When the house is paid off, it takes you to baby step seven, which is everything is paid off. Now there's nothing left to do but build wealth and become uh, very, very generous. So in the midst of that, Jade, we've taught this, and you've, you've taught it as well. You're running into some detailed questions about four, five, and six, the retirement, the college, and the house. Yeah, the people on social media are like, you're always talking about paying off the debt, Jade. What about for us who have gotten through it? Can we have a deep dive on baby steps four, five, and six? And I'm like, yes. So I went through, I look at my DMs on Instagram, and I do look at some of the questions on Facebook, and I try to pull 10 that I feel like are the most asked questions. So let's... Frequently asked questions yes. on Jade's DMs. Yes, let's clip through these. So the it's first question... It's better than question, Dave reads mean tweets. But yeah. <laughs> well, let me add one to it, just because you mentioned it. So on baby steps... Step four, Dave, is it my pre-tax number that I'm doing the 15% or is it my after-tax number, my take-home? Pre-tax. Pre-tax. So your, there you your go, gross people. Revenue. So if you make $100,000 a year, you need to save 15000 If you make 200000 you need to save 30000 There you go. Well, Dave, if I'm on baby step four and all of a sudden I use up my emergency fund, do I have to stop baby step four, which is investing the 15% in order to restock my emergency fund? 
If you can't restock it within two months, yes. Within two months. So there's your... You don't want to be going without an emergency fund. Mm -hmm. When you walk around without an emergency fund, it attracts bad luck. Mm -hmm. It's like Murphy is looking out, got me one! Oh, yeah. You know. So two months is the rule on that. How about this one? How do I toggle between baby step 3B, which is saving for a down payment on a house, and baby step 4? Do I pick one or the other? When do I focus on one over the other? You take that one. All right. So I would say that if you're going to spend more than two years saving up baby step 3b i might consider adding baby step 4 to it and if you're going to able if you're able to save up that down payment really quickly then i would just stop baby step 4 when you're done go on to baby step 4 yeah like 6 months pour the heat on no retirement yeah and then go back to then go to retirement full on yeah okay and sometimes people do i'll take the match my employer matches mm-hmm. 6 so i'll do 6% instead yeah. of 15 while i'm doing 3b yeah you can yeah you can do them at the same time yeah. but ultimately we don't want you to uh you don't want you, you don't want to do no retirement for more than 2 or 3 years that's yeah. right that's right let's see number 3 what do i do uh if i make too much day for a roth ira backdoor roth aha backdoor roth is you open an after tax ira traditional and roll it to a Roth instantaneously. Mm-hmm. I do it every year and I do it for my wife as well. Every year we, we have fully funded Roths uh, every single year. Um, perfectly legal. It's a loophole in the yep. tax law. That's right. And by the way, when you say you open, what you really mean is work with a, I work with my smart investor pro. They do it. I don't do it. There yeah. you go. I just wanted to clarify that because on the Instagrams, they're saying you do it. Like you oh, I don't do, do your it. own investing. The only thing I do you, on my investing is um, I throw money in an S&P 500, park it till I get my next mm-hmm. real estate deal. Mm-hmm. But that, that's, oh, that's maybe step seven stuff there. Yeah. So let me jump down to question 10 because it goes along with it. It says, do I really need to use a financial advisor to choose the funds in my 401k or can I just pick the funds myself? You can pick them yourself in a 401k, mm-hmm. um, but you need a good financial advisor in your corner, not to tell you what to do, but to teach you. That's right. And then the other thing, if you're watching the news and you go, oh God, Israel's at war. The stock market's going to die. We're all yes. going to die. You know, you need somebody to talk you off the ledge and keep you invested because yeah. you don't want to jump off in the middle of the roller coaster ride. I know that's right. All right. What to do with extra money when your home is paid off? My home is paid off. I've maxed my 401k, my IRAs, and my HSA is also maxed. What else can I do? Uh, well, there's two things that people do. I only do one. Well, three things. I only do, as far as investing, what can other yeah. people do? I buy real estate that I pay cash for. Mm-hmm. And as it goes up in value, you do not pay taxes on the increase in value until you sell it. Hmm. Uh, Dave, I'm not really into real estate. Okay, I don't want to be a landlord. Buy a low turnover mutual fund. Mm-hmm. And that means they don't sell the stock inside of it very often. So it doesn't have taxes. You only pay taxes when you sell out of the mutual fund on 98% of it. You know, if you got a low turnover ratio mm-hmm. mutual fund. Um, and so like an S&P 500 generally would be that. Mm-hmm. And that's why I use those to park extra money in. What about these REITs? They're fine. Uh, just check your track record on them. That's a real estate investment trust. It's basically a mutual fund for real estate. Uh, in the old days, they stacked them with fees so high that the returns were much less than growth stock mutual funds. But in the last 10 years or so, they've really come on. They've done a much better job of running them. And um, I don't buy those because I buy real estate. Right. But they're not bad. And sh- just check the track record on them. Love that. What amount extra should I put onto the mortgage? Or should you ever stop the mortgage to increase investing or vice versa? 
15% of your household income into retirement at baby step four, something into kids college at baby step five and any other money we find above lifestyle. We put on the mortgage until the mortgage is gone. Mm -hmm. The two key areas of people that get their first one to $5 million of net worth and all the research and data that we have says a beefy 401k Roth IRA retirement plan and a paid off house. Love that. Those are the two places to go to get rich Mm, for college saving ESA or 529. Uh, They're the same thing. The ESA, the good news about it is there's only one kind Mm -hmm. and you control it. The 529, there's three different kinds and only one of them is good. And the one that you control is the one that's good. True. But don't but, get into pre 529 is prepaid college. You don't yeah. do prepaid college. You don't do that. That's a bad 529. And ESAs but do have traditional 529 limits. with your SmartVestor Pro yeah. is the same thing as an ESA. Yeah. You select the mutual funds and you're just fine. Cool. Good job, Dave. Quick rapid fire. <laughs> Our scripture of the day, Proverbs fourteen fifteen. The simple believe anything, but the prudent give thought to their steps. George Bernard Shaw said, 2% of people are thinking, 3% of people think they are thinking, 95% of humans would rather die than think. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Hardcore, Sheesh. George. Hardcore, buddy. It's <laughs> Probably like a- right. <laughs> Amy's in Charlotte, North Carolina. Hey, Amy, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. What's up? I have a question. So I just, um, I'm about to close on a house. It's a $330,000 house that I put 18% down. So I put 60000 on down. And so the house comes in bare. It doesn't have refrigerator, nothing at all. And of course, those are the things that I have to buy. And I'm just wondering, um, like, how should I go about it without getting into debt? Did you know, I'm just, I have to ask, going into buying this house, did you know that there wasn't going to be any appliances inside? I did know. So what's your plan? You know, so I, I have, um, so I I put aside, so I, I still have like 20,000, um, kind of like, kind of, you know, kind of my safe, my saved up, Mm -hmm. um, to just, um, just get things at really bare minimum. And I have lived... 35 years without having to ever buy furniture. So everything is going to be brand. Like if I have to get everything from bed to fridge to washer and dryer. Yeah. That 20,000. Was that your emergency fund? Correct. Yeah. I don't, I don't want you to use your emergency fund for something that's not an emergency. So, like, so, uh, so the- let's just play pretend a minute. You close on a $330,000 house. You spend your last $20,000 furnishing it. The next day, something's going to go wrong, and you have no money. Right. That's why Jay doesn't want you to spend your emergency fund. So how, sh- how should I do about um How should I go about well, I mean, that them? was your plan, to move into the house broke. Yeah. So that Dave said it, that was your plan to move into the house. You're going to have to move very slowly and very methodically. What do you make? I make, um, I make, uh, 35 tax free and I make around like 40 has to be taxed. So I make, um, 75, 70. Yeah. Around there. Where do you get tax free income? Um, from, um, retirement from the military, like disabilities. Okay. So what's your what, what do you bring home each month? 
Help me out. Five. Five thousand. Okay. So let's see here. And you're completely debt free, or did you buy this house with no three hundred thirty thousand dollars mortgage? No, no, no. I meant other oh. debt. Oh, you have other debt. So I have no other debt. Okay. And I finance house two hundred seventy five thousand. Oh, you put a 60 down on 330 mm-hmm. purchase. Okay, okay, that's better. Okay, so what this looks like is every month you're going to be doing a detailed budget in order to figure mm-hmm. out how much margin do you have to put towards what the most important thing is. So if I'm you, I'm making a priorities list. The the place you live now, do you have furniture in it? No, I, I'm, I'm renting a room, so everything is furnished. And I'm not sure if that's relevant, but my boyfriend's going to be moving in. And my other question is, it's going to be my house, and he's going to help me pay for mortgage. And I'm trying to pay it before, like kind of within like 20 years, and he's going to help me pay for the mortgage. But since it's in my house, and I wonder, what is a fair amount that he should pay in? Because, I, you know, at the end of the day, if we don't work out, it's going to be my house, and I don't want to screw somebody over. And what do you guys think is fair? So you get so that's my second um yeah okay so let me back up to the other part first okay um you're renting a room and you don't own a bed no i don't own anything at all okay all right um the first thing i want you to do is i want you to take five thousand dollars and go buy a mattress and a bed and i want you to buy a used refrigerator and i want Mm -hmm. you to use the laundry mat until you can save up the money and buy Washing dryer. It's going to leave you fifteen thousand in your emergency fund, and then you're going to mm-hmm. cash flow furnishing this place out of your income. So every month or two, you're going to buy another appliance, another okay. piece of furniture, and you're going to pay cash as you go. The you don't do this with a mattress, but everything else in the house go to the rich end of town and go to the garage sale, and you can buy a nine thousand dollar leather couch. For 500 bucks at a garage sale in the rich end of town because the lady yeah. redecorated and didn't like the color anymore okay and that's how you're going to furnish this place the first round of furniture um get a decent refrigerator that's kind of gets life started you can go to the laundromat until christmas and then you can save up and buy a washer and dryer if you want to do it faster you can buy a used washer and dryer and later on upgrade to a new one all with cash and sell your used one on Craigslist. Okay. So you're going to 15,000. You have to keep in the account $5,000 budget to get you started with a bed and a refrigerator and a couple of other items. Okay. Okay. Does that make sense to you? That way, yes. if you, you have an emergency, you don't lose your home. Yeah. That would be so, you know, I feel like, yeah. you know, I, I got a beautiful house and my, yeah. my, you, you, but you took it like, all. Oh God, you took it all the way to the edge, kiddo. I mean, you left yeah. no margin in this deal. I mean, you yeah. can't. You can't breathe the way you've got this tightened up so tight. Mm-hmm. Then the second piece is, um, I don't recommend that you ever buy a house or depend on someone that you're not married to to pay for your house. And so, right. if you're going to choose to shack up with him, um, I would. Pr- my preference as an old guy who has a couple of daughters, and I know how sometimes people get treated in these situations is I would say he can't move in unless he got married because there's kind of that thing, you know, and it's much better for you. You're the one that comes out on the short end of the stick, not the guy. Oh, I thought it was the other way around. No, you're the one that comes out. It does not go well for the ladies in these situations economically. 
the economics really suck for the ladies in these things. So, um, and somehow guys keep talking them into it, but I'm not sure how. Um, so I, you know, I'll just be old fogey and you can be mad at me if you want to. I love you and I want you to win. And I'm telling you the truth of what I would do if I were in your shoes or what I do to my little sister or my best friend or whatever. He doesn't move in unless he gets married. Um, you run your own life. And if he's a man and wants to step up and serve his, uh, spouse, then yeah, he can come on board here and we'll go. Aside from that, if you're going to do this, don't depend on him to do it, and then you can just decide. There's not a fair price for shacking up. There's not a shacking up schedule. Mm-hmm. We don't have a schedule for that. Uh, there's not a price on it. So um, you just got to decide You know who's paying for the mustard, who's paying for the mayonnaise, who's paying for the bread, who's paying for the lights, who's paying for the water or what percentage or whatever and yeah, you, you got a roommate yeah it's a roommate you know situation. it's a roommate situation and it's just like in college that's my mustard you know i mean it's, it's the same stuff and so uh that's the problem you get into and it doesn't bode well statistically the data points don't bode well for your future wealth building in this scenario and it doesn't even bode well for his future wealth Mm-mm. building there's actually what we call a marital advantage in the statistics out there in the data People who are married have an economic advantage over those who are not. The data is slam dunk. It's not even close. So something to consider. I'm, I got all up in your business, but you asked, darling. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, as far as the house goes, 15000 in the account. Get a refrigerator and a bed. Used furniture on the rest of it. Work your way up with cash flow. What do you think? I Yeah, I, I was shocked you gave her the 5000 out of the twenty. <laughs> If I'm being honest, but well, I think she's going to go buy a refrigerator. I don't think we can look, stop her. Look, Jade Warshaw would have said, you better get you an air mattress and stop playing. <laughs> I'm not telling her to get a real mattress. You get an air mattress and you get you okay, a college refrigerator. I'll go I'm with talking that. about the little guy that goes on the floor because I want this as a reminder to never do dumb stuff like that again. Yeah. Never take, never take yourself all the way to the edge. Yeah. That's the dumb thing. You took yourself all the way to the edge. And then what should have been a blessing can end up being a curse. And that's what we're afraid for, honey. Living like a rapper in this in this Ooh. big old house. And no furniture. With no furniture. That's how rappers live? <laughs> I didn't Look, know that. Giant gold chain. I didn't know that. Okay. And no money. I just learned something. That puts us out of the Ramsey Show in the books. We'll be back with you before you know it. In the meantime, remember, there's ultimately only one way to financial peace. And that's to walk daily with the Prince of Peace, Christ Jesus. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Jade. Look, if you like what you heard in this episode and want to know more about getting started on the Ramsey Baby Steps, go to RamseySolutions.com and click the Get Started button. We'll help you figure out the best next step for you based on your specific situation. That's RamseySolutions.com and click Get Started.